Thanks for listening to the Journey Christian Church podcast. We're on a mission to make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. Our prayer is that this message encourages you today. And remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible. You know, today we wrap up our series called Journey to Hope. And quite frankly, I'm sad to see it go because for many people who struggle with mental illness and for those of us who know someone who does, it's been really a needed call to action. As as a church, we've taken what is really a critical issue that's really seldom talked about in church and we've revealed how the gospel of Jesus and the community of the church can and should support those suffering from mental illness. You know, the sheer number of YouTube views and podcast downloads of this series certainly reveals how important this topic is to many of us. And today, we will be looking at the role of the church in mental health. You know, much of my content today comes from Kay Warren. She has written and spoken extensively on how the church should address mental health. In fact, she's developed an acrostic using the word church as a way for us to better understand and hopefully remember what we can all do to bring hope and help and healing to those who are suffering from mental illness. So let's just jump right in and take a look at uh, this word church. And the C in the word church reminds us that we must care for and support people who are mentally ill. You know, Journey's heartbeat is to be a caring and compassionate church toward everyone. Our compassion for other people is not contingent on the size of our buildings or on the size of our budgets, but really on the size of our hearts. Jesus said this, he said, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. And maybe you didn't realize it, but compassion is actually a command in the scriptures. We're commanded to be compassionate toward other people. And it doesn't require an advanced degree It doesn't require a special certificate. All you really need is the willingness to love people and the determination in your heart to do something for them. And if you have love for people and a determination to help people, you can show compassion. Now, our compassion for others is really driven by one simple question that we all have to answer. And here's the question. Will I become as compassionate toward others as God has been toward me? That's really the question that drives whether or not we're going to be compassionate toward other people. Am I going to be as compassionate towards others as God has been towards me? Because when it's all said and done, at the end of my life, when somebody stands up and reflects on who I am and what I've done, the only benchmark that will matter is the depth to which I've offered love and compassion to hurting people. The apostle Paul said in his letter to the church in Philippi, he said it like this, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. This is talking about being compassionate toward hurting people. There's no exclusion clause, by the way, in this verse. Paul says to consider everyone's needs, which of course includes those suffering with mental illness. Now, Proverbs 17, 
one of my favorite verses, one of the shortest verses in the scriptures, really makes it clear. It says a friend, and what it means is a true friend, an authentic friend, a genuine friend loves at all times. Not just when it's easy, but at all times. Back in 1985, I was a young man. I preached my first sermon. Little church called Southeast Christian Church on the other side of town. My text for that sermon, that very first sermon, was this verse right here. That's the only verse I had. (laughs) One verse, five-minute sermon. But what was true then is also true now. All that really matters in life are the relationships that you forge with your family and with your friends and ultimately with your heavenly Father. Because people are always more important than possessions. They really are. You can't build a loving family or a loving church without a lot of love and a lot of compassion. And Jesus, well, he's the clearest when it comes to this topic. When asked to what the greatest commandment is, he said all the commandments boil down to this one. He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. He said, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And look at the last line. There is no commandment, there is no other commandment greater than these. One of the most significant ways we express our love to God is by having compassion for other people. If you want to put a smile on God's face, love God's people. Just like as a parent, I love it when other people love my kids. And God loves it when other people love his children as well, especially those who are hurting. What this verse really means, I think, is this, that compassion and love for others is mission critical. In other words, we cannot be the church of Christ without being also the hands and the feet of Jesus. Because on a deep level, being alone in the middle of a crisis is a fear that we all share. The ache of loneliness is, an, is, is a real thing, and it's not fun. Kurt Thomas writes in his book, the, the, Soul, the, the Soul of Shame, he says this, we all come into the world looking for someone looking for us, and we remain in that mode the rest of our lives. Take this in for just a moment. We all come into the world looking for someone looking for us, and we remain in that mode for the rest of our lives. So this is not something that's just for children or something for adolescents or when you're a younger person. You remain in this mode your whole life looking for someone who is looking for you. And he goes on in his book to point out three words everyone needs from infancy to age 90. And he says, every person is longing to be seen and to be soothed and to be safe. We can all testify to that fact. From the moment we were born until the day we take our last breath, the thing that we crave most in life are deep, authentic relationships with people and our Heavenly Father. We want people to notice us. We want people to comfort our pain and to help us feel safe, not just as an occasional experience, but as a reality woven into every single day of our lives. And it's interesting that the most innocent among us often unknowingly reveal our deepest longings. I want you to take a look at a video. This is an 88-year-old father being reunited with his 53-year-old son after being apart 
for the first time ever. Take a look at this. Isn't that a great video? I probably watched it 20 times. And every time I watch it, I tear up. And because deep down, that's what we all want in life. Deep down, we want intimate, personal, and joyful relationships with family, with our friends, with our Heavenly Father. Did you see when he was coming down the escalator how he pushed, he was pushing people away to, to get to his father? And he flung himself, you see him fling himself into his father's arms and kiss his face over and over without caring who was watching. Did you hear their conversation? It was a little challenging to hear. The father said, did you have a good time? And the son said, yes, I was looking for you. You see, my prayer is just like this son was looking for his father, so would we be a church looking for people who need hope, who need help, no matter what the cause, no matter what the, the pain, even when it's mental illness. Because at our core, all of us want to be seen, all of us want to be soothed, all of us want to feel safe. You know, there's people in this room right now, there's people watching online, there's people at our Lake County campus, there's people in your family, there's probably people on your row that feel the gut-wrenching pain of loneliness. And it's horrible. Loneliness is not only the greatest epidemic in our world, it's also our greatest fear. And the writer of Psalms shares these sad but all too common feelings. He says, I'm broken by their taunts. I'm flat on my face. I'm reduced to nothing. I looked in vain for one friendly face, not one. I couldn't find one shoulder to cry on. This verse describes many who are listening right now. As followers of Jesus, we know that we're made in the image of God, but we also are called to love others with the same level of love that he has loved us. And I want to challenge all of us to do some serious soul work this week by asking God, God, show me where I've built some walls around my heart. God, show me where I'm way too busy to be compassionate toward other people. God, show me how I can love people like you love me. And I'm praying that we will do some work with God this week where we say, God, break down those hard places in me because I want to be a friend to someone who's struggling with mental challenges, mental illness. The H in the word church stands for help with practical needs. We need to help with practical needs. Back in 2018, April of 2018, my wife, uh, Sandy, she was severely injured in a head-on automobile accident, and her car was totaled. She was knocked unconscious. 
Uh, her femur was shattered. Her shoulder was dislocated. There was lacerations on her face and her arms from the flying glass. But as difficult as that was, we found deep comfort in our church family as many of you responded with love and compassion and support in very practical ways. You brought over to our house meals. You transported Sandy to the doctor's appointments. You helped with our errands. And and to this day, we couldn't be more grateful to have a compassionate, caring, and loving church family like Journey. It, 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 it was the church doing what the church does best, being a life-giving village or community of people investing in the lives of one another. And that's what we're called to do as the body of Christ. But sadly, when it comes to mental health illnesses, we're not, they're not usually viewed the same way as a broken bone is or a punctured lung or a cancerous tumor or a serious surgery. When mental health strikes, the reaction is all too often to retreat or to ignore or to blame or to condemn. What if someone you know or someone in your family is diagnosed this week with depression or anxiety or personality disorder or some other mental illness? Would you be willing to help them in some practical way? Hey, can I bring you dinner this week? Hey, can I go to your doctor's visit with you this week? What errands can I run for you this week? As followers of Jesus, we must show up in the lives of people no matter what, no matter why, and no matter where, including those who struggle with mental illness. The you in the word church helps us to be mindful of the fact that we can unleash volunteers. This is where the church really shines. We have an army of volunteers, just like when we came together a few weeks ago for Serve Day. There's nothing that we cannot accomplish when we work together. When we're on mission, and we're always on mission, there's nothing that can stop the church. We've been uniquely equipped and are divinely motivated to impact the world with hope and peace through Jesus. And here's our divine job description. It goes like this. Each one of us must use whatever gift he's, been re- he's received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's gift of grace in all of its various... So this is our job description. This is what we're called to do as the body of Christ. Peter's saying we should use whatever gift we've received from God to make a positive impact on others. And to that end, Journey is launching a brand new pastoral initiative where we will be mobilizing pastors and support groups and life coaches and licensed counselors to meet the growing demands of mental health. And in just a moment, you'll hear from Shelly Smelsky, our community cares director, on how you can access our growing list of resources in the area of mental health. The R in the word church stands for remove the stigma. This is really why we even did a series on mental health. This is almost, you could consider this the linchpin of the word, to remove the stigma. This is huge. I've spoken with people who've whispered in my ear in the atrium and in other places, hey, I struggle with depression. Hey, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with bipolar. I struggle with addiction. I've been diagnosed with PTSD. I've been diagnosed with OCD. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ who don't feel safe enough yet to tell us that they're living with mental illness. They're carrying this burden by themselves and they come here week after week and they look at us and they may be able to smile on the outside and say, yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm all right. 
Yeah, they may be able to say, you know, I've got a few challenges, but I'm doing okay. But inside they're saying, oh, how I wish I could tell you how hard it was even to show up this week. Oh, I wish I could tell you the pain that I'm going through. Or maybe a family member says, how I wish I could tell you how challenging it is for my loved one. If I could just share with you how much this hurts. But they don't. They're afraid that if they do, they'll be left all alone. Or they're afraid if they do, they'll be unloved or they'll be canceled. And so they say to themselves, I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to live with it. But I'm here today to say this. You can speak up and you should speak up because the church is the safest place on earth and here it's okay not to be okay. Amen? For some of us, the longing of our heart is to say, I live with this or I live with that. And so removing the stigma is one of the most powerful things we can do, but it will take all of us working together to make this huge difference for those struggling with mental illness. The C in the word church, is to collaborate with the community. Collaborate with the community. And although the church is uniquely positioned to address the needs of mental health, we're not the only resources available out there. We can and should collaborate with community organizations where opportunity exists. AA meetings, programs like STEPS, local Christian counselors or behavioral hospitals. There are all kinds of organizations that we can collaborate with good organizations that we can partner with. And the truth is, Journey is doing just that. And finally, we come to the H in the word church. And the H here stands for hope starts here. Hope starts here. Because nobody has hope like the church of Christ. Nobody has hope like Jesus. Nobody has hope like the church. It's a hope that gets you through your darkest Days. It's a hope that says, even if I live with mental illness for the rest of my life, even if God never takes this away from me, even if he, he never heals this, even if I suffer the most devastating loss you can imagine because of mental illness, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to walk away. And if you're facing mental illness, and some of you, even in this room, are probably hanging on by a thread, you of all people to know, need to know that there is hope in this life and that there is hope for all of eternity. You just need to know that. God spoke to the Old Testament prophet Hosea these words. He said that the people of Israel, well, God spoke to Hosea these words. He told them to say them to the people of Israel, but the principle applies even still today. Here's what he said. I will, God says, transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. God says, I will transform your valley of trouble, whatever it may look like, and oftentimes, the valley of trouble looks like mental illness. Whatever that valley is, God says, I will transform that valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. And hope is something we all need in this life. Many outside these walls, many inside these walls are in a valley of trouble. Their only hope is Jesus. And I pray that out of the abundance of blessings that God has given to journey, that he may bring an abundance of people here to find hope, to find healing, to find a friendly face who will embrace them and love them and remove the stigma of mental health and offer practical help and give them hope in Jesus. <clears throat> so when you see someone 
who's living with bipolar or with anxiety, PTSD, OCD, all kinds of different mental health diagnoses, instead of taking a step backwards, which many of us do, let's in our minds be conscious enough to take a step toward them without hesitation. Step forward because the truth is we're all looking for someone who's looking for us. And we can be that person to someone with mental illness. And so recently, Pastor John Hampton sat down with Shelly Smelsky, who's our community care director, to discuss how Journey is right now mobilizing to help all those with mental illness. And so I want you to take a look at this video. I'm happy to welcome Shelly Smelsky to join this very important conversation that we've been having about mental illness and mental wellness. Shelly, tell folks what your role is at Journey. I am the community care director here at Journey and I'm responsible for all of our support group ministries. This would include divorce care, grief share, and Journey to Christian Recovery. We also launched a brand new uh, support group, first one ever at our Lake County campus late January for dementia and Alzheimer caregivers. Um, But the one I'm most passionate about and excited about is the launch of our new uh, life care coaches um, and Journey to Life Care will be the name of that new ministry. So super excited about that. Shelly, why your interest in mental health? Well, just like for you, Pastor John, it's very personal for me as well. I have family members who struggle with mental health illnesses, and I too have struggled. Uh, Back in 2014, as you know, um, I went through the death of my 11-year-old son, Jordan, an only child, and that uh, took me down a very dark path. I dealt with a lot of depression, anxiety, and even panic attacks, um, and had a lot of health issues. So it's very, very personal for me. Um, And I would also say that we know there's a mental health crisis going on in our country right now. And I share with people that you can be just one life event away from Mm. having a mental health illness. So there's just so many things. If you're not dealing with it now, it may be around the corner. So Pastor Harvey mentioned hope starts here. And I love that name. Can you explain a little bit about the vision of that ministry? Uh, Yes, I came up with Hope Starts Here because I thought back about my eight-year journey. Mm -hmm. And I look at my life today and I have so much hope. Mm -hmm. And what I realized from that is that's what I want to give other people. Amen. And so um, I've just been loving this message series that you and Pastor Dustin have been given because... Sometimes it's all about the hand you've been dealt. And, you know, we don't ask for some of the devastating things that happen in our life. But what we know is that God is right there with us through the thick of, you know, the the challenges that we do go through. One of the things maybe is important for people to understand, you've talked about that you've used the term life coach. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a life coach, which we're training people for, and a licensed counselor? That's a great question. Um, So we are bringing on, we've got about 15 
life coaches, and these coaches are certified and trained in mental health. So right. we've put them through Amen. quite an extensive training curriculum. And we talk about several hours of training, That's right? right. For this. Yes. Yeah. So they're certified, and um, a lot of them came from our support group ministries. They have a passion to really help people. But let me get to your question. So the difference, what's the difference between a life coach and a counselor? Yeah. A life coach is really forward-thinking. So they're going to take you from your neutral point. Where am I today and how do I move forward? Mm. Right? Where a licensed counselor is going to be more about, I haven't gotten over mm. traumas right. and different things from the past. Yeah. And sometimes we need to go back yeah. to go forward. Yeah. So that's, that would be that would be the difference. That's a, such a helpful distinction. I've not heard that until we had that conversation a few days ago, and that's that's a great distinction. I have had the opportunity to already be meeting yeah. with individuals and and families. I've been doing that for a few months now as we get ready to launch this new ministry. And um, I met with someone and really wanted to encourage this person to get counseling, mm -hmm. but they said, you know, I just feel like I was really led by Pastor John's message to come to you, Shelly. Mm -hmm. So I explained my credentials. I'm a certified mental health coach, not a counselor, right. but they said, that's okay. You know, I, that's this is where I wanna be. So anyway, I'd love to share this Please. little note that uh, this person sent me because I think this is what makes it really um, all about what we wanna do to help and care for people. So she said, dear Shelly, she said, thank you for all of the joy you have brought to my life by breaking down the many walls which have caused me to relieve many difficult situations from the past and have kept me from enjoying my life. So many constant messages have been plaguing me for way too many years. With all that being said, I now can face life without constant pain. Finally, I can move ahead with hope and promise, I'm so grateful that God knew what he was doing when he brought me to you. He always knows the answers. Mm, amen. And that's why I love Hope Starts Here. Amen. Because I believe that hope should start here at Journey. Yeah. And that we can help. So Shelly, finally, what can we do as a church to help launch Hope Starts Here? Uh, I'm so glad you asked that question. So what we're going to be doing is next Sunday, yeah. March 20th, right. here in Apopka, yeah. right after the 1115 service. So about 1230. Yeah. You got it. In the anchor room, yeah. we're going to be hosting a special interest meeting where we will be sharing our vision and strategy for Hope Starts Here. We're going to be talking about our circle of care. Mm. So we really want to hear and have licensed counselors and therapists attend. We're looking for nurses and healthcare folks who are interested in, in being a part of this special interest meeting. Really anybody out there who is in mental health yeah. and can provide some extra guidance, resources, just really come in and help us, you know, to plot our way through the rest of our vision and strategy. Very good. Shelly, we've said at the beginning of this series, uh, um, God can't use your story if you never share your story. That's right. You and Steve have shared your story over the years and helped so many people with grief. And now I believe you're going to help so many more people uh, beyond uh, even grief share and that ministry that you've led. We're going to help so many more people. And one of the other things we've said is the stigma will remain where silence is maintained. And we're breaking that stigma by having these conversations, by launching this ministry. And 
Thanks for leading us in that. Oh, thank you. I mean, we really need to end the mental health stigma in our country and let people know it's okay to get help and, and to be cared for. It's okay not to be okay, even when you forgot what it feels like to be okay. Love that. Thanks, Shelley. Thank you. I do want to thank Shelly for leading, and uh, she's so passionate and so competent and, uh, and so ready to lead in that area. Let's thank Pastor Harvey today for his message of what the church can do. Amen. I just want to say one more time, um, thank you for the way that you've leaned in and listened to these messages online in Lake County and here at Apopka. Uh, thank you for your encouragement. Uh, several have reached out to me and my wife uh, personally and uh, written notes and, and had conversations. And I just, I just thank you for that. And I know that there are many maybe that have not shared, but you suffer. Someone you love suffers um, with mental health, mental illness. And I pray that you'll share these messages. I pray you'll guide them to the website or our YouTube channel where they can hear uh, a little more in-depth conversation about all this. Because what we do need to do is to break that stigma, to break the stigma that keeps people silent. I want us to do something as we wrap up today. Stand with me at Apopka, Lake County. Stand together. Let's all stand together. And we're just going to make some declarations. I'm going to lead us in kind of an old school responsive reading. We don't do a lot of these um, in our uh, worship environments. I did a lot of these growing up in the church I attended. We did responsive readings on a uh, regular basis. But this is specifically affirming some things about what we believe God has already started and what he will continue to do and what we're committing to in this journey to hope, bringing the gospel of Jesus and the community of the church to those suffering with mental illness. So I'll begin. There is hope in Jesus. Let us, the church, proclaim that hope in what we say and do. May we understand our own suffering as an opportunity to witness God's redemption. May we see the suffering within our church body and outside our church's walls and respond with sacrificial compassion. May we invest what God has given us in things that will last forever. And so, Father, that is our prayer right now. May our hearts be open to what you are teaching us and to where you are leading us and to how your Holy Spirit is guiding us into deeper levels of showing compassion and often caring for those 
that feel forgotten, that feel isolated, that feel that they just don't have a voice. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that you give the church to minister a message of hope. And I thank you for those that have joined us in this series, whether it's been online or Lake County or here at Apopka. I thank you for those who are going to continue to watch these messages. As Pastor Harvey mentioned, the, the downloads, the, 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 the views that come after Sunday. We thank you for the impact that hope in Jesus has. And that's what we want people to have. Thank you for loving us. Remind us over and over, we're not defined by a diagnosis and we're never alone. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And we all agreed and said, Amen. Amen. If you like this podcast, we post a new message every week. So make sure to click that follow button and share it with your friends. Remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible.